I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Kevin Ebling. Welcome back. Yay, we're (laughs) all here together. Mm -hmm. Yay. I know. And Kev, this studio is Shazam! Oh well, thank you. I'm it glad is. you like it. It's, it's fancy. It is so fancy. Re- it's, it's beautiful. It smells really, nice. really good. Yeah. yeah, it's new carpet and paint. Yeah, really I, like, nice. I really like that smell. I like Me too. Decor, I do too. Still got some bugs to work out, but we're getting there. It's good. It's so good. I think it looks amazing. Well, thank you guys. Very nice job. Yeah, great to be with y'all. Yeah. Sorry, we're late, everybody, this week on getting the remedy out. Yeah, we are out. late. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. it's Wednesday. Told you it's been a slow week. Better late than never. That's right. Sorry, I got stuck in Mexico with the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, makes couldn't sense. Couldn't get back, so couldn't record on Monday. But here we are. Got to thank our sponsor for today, Robin Bagwell, an avid listener right here in Dallas, Texas. Huge fan of ours. Thank do you, you know Robin? Robin? I do know who she is. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's beautiful. She is beautiful, inside uh-huh. and out, smart, uh-huh. and a great contributor to the community. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. She loves thank what you, we're thank doing. you for doing so that. So, Kev, you, you get got to, some money. Yeah, you you're got some money. The money. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're gonna get paid. Great. <laughs> one of these days, what if I don't fulfill your Venmo request? Would you fire us? Uh, no, we'd, we'd work something out. <laughs> <laughs> Not very shrewd or hard nosed. No, comes to but you're too. You're very good to us. That's what you are. Well, likewise. Um, okay, well, I'm really excited about our topic today. Janice came up with this thought, which I think is a, such a good one. And you wrote it in the text when when you sent it out. And it was, I love how you described it perfectly. You said, let's talk about um, <clears throat> how about we talk about permission to be perfectly imperfect, recognizing and owning our imperfections. And we can discuss the areas where we are perfectly imperfect. I have a long list. <laughs> you and me both. That could take up all the time, actually. I'd rather not expose. I don't know why I want to go into all I don't know that I'm I not, want full exposure. No, no. I'm not no. going to do my darkest imperfections. <laughs> so let me ask you two a question. Kev, you first, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, do you feel bad? And I'll, I will use that word because I think it's... Some a word that society uses. Mm-hmm. Do you feel bad when you are not perfect? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. In in a in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. like especially your productions. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm I, I'm just someone. I mean, a lot of people are like this probably who like things to be what I perceive as perfect. You know, That's I know nothing really is, but. That's a good point, as what I perceive as perfect. And that's something I've had to learn. I was telling someone recently about uh, how many years I've been doing this now, various aspects of production, different kinds of shows, radio, TV, whatever. And I'm like, every single broadcast, every single production, every single recording has something that's not perfect that I don't like. It's and just something so, you can't control. It never, ever, ever will go absolutely perfect. And yeah. so what happens when, like, when you're listening to it, I assume, that's when you are aware of something mm-hmm. that didn't go perfectly. So then what happens to you when you become aware of that? Have you guys ever looked over in the middle of like a conversation, kind of just gauge my reaction, and I'm nowhere even remotely close to being involved? Like, I'm just completely checked out? Yes. That happens a lot. Like, if something that I think goes wrong, I just, I'm so focused on it that I completely check out. It's probably an ADD thing, too, but... Do you take medicine for ADD? No, I did when I was younger, but... Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I do notice when you're really focused on the show. or if Sometimes, I, I can yeah, tell I'll just get in my own head. I'm really worked up that something happened that I don't yeah. like. Yeah, or I can tell if something's <clears throat> potentially going wrong and you're starting to like have Worry. a little bit of a panic uh-huh. Uh-huh. about something that you're seeing that we don't know what you're seeing because yeah. Yeah. we don't know what to look for. No. Yes, Janice, there's no doubt that Janice and I have picked up on the fact, like if 
if you hear something, a buzzing or something, when after you go back and listen to it, and you're like, I'm fixing it right away. And Janice and I are like, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I'm I, to me, it's such a big deal. And then nobody ever notices it on the final mm-hmm. product. I think it's going to be really glaring, but it never really is. Well, Except for Frances Mitchell. I want to give her a little shout out here because she, she notices every little thing on every recording. It's wow. really impressive, yeah. Wow. Some people be like, there's a little noise like right here. And I'll be like, I know exactly what that was. Like somebody was touching their hand on the desk and because of the desktop stand, it like resonated. And like no, most people would never notice those little oh, things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should have her be a critique about it. No, art. because those oh, things, no, no, she's no. being too much like me. Because <laughs> no, those no, things no, no, really no, no. don't matter that much, you know? Like not they're it. just, they're going to happen. But yeah, they're things that drive me nuts. And then glad I'm not the only one because she notices it too. Well, the good news about that is, is, what you do is you put out really good production work. So sure. it's good for your business for you to have that consciousness of that and your desire to be perfect. It's just hard when you're not if you're too hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, and I used to have a lot of trouble with that because I had the expectation that in so many ways I would be perfect, try to look perfect, you know, act perfect because of a lot of growing up in. My family system, they were, my mm-hmm. mother really wanted us to be perfect. On does that happen every, with your, oh, sorry, Toby. Go. I was just going to say, does that ever happen to you with your work where um, you want, you know, whatever you're putting out there to be perfect? So maybe after you had a session or something, you hone in on one little thing that you said that you shouldn't have, or you're like, I could have done this better or some things like that? Or, I used to, but I don't anymore. Because I could see where I would get in that bad, where I could be like, oh my God, I, I could have done this so much better if I would have just switched those words around, you know? Yeah, and I I don't, I really kind of, I'm pretty good at letting go of the results. I had a client that, uh, I learned this lesson in a big way because I had a client who killed himself. And that would be so it's probably the worst thing. And it had been about three or four weeks since I had seen him. And and I felt horrific about it. I, you know, and I really took that on. And, and was this early on in your practice? Uh, yes, it was mm-hmm. early on in my private practice. I, mm-hmm. you know, when I worked in an institution, I wasn't really as concerned about that if somebody relapsed or something. But mm-hmm. in this case, uh, this guy, I mean, he was very sick. He was uh, dying of AIDS oh. and he had diabetes and he was going blind. I mean, bless his heart, oh. he was just a mess and he hung himself. And oh. I, uh, but I, I really did carry that with me for a while. And then I spoke with um, a person who was really one of the people that got me to go back to school and do this. And he said to me, he said, you just, you just can't, you can never be in this job if you're going to own what people make a choice to do. Yeah. And that helped me a lot, you know, but it was for a while I was, I was devastated about it because I, I gave myself way too mm-hmm. much power and I just didn't have you felt that. an element of responsibility yeah that's mm-hmm. a really good way to say it mm-hmm. I really yeah, yeah, like that, that. Is, mm-hmm. yeah I, didn't I gave myself that. too much power mm-hmm. I yeah. thought I had yeah thought I had too much power yeah. that I could have saved that yeah I think that's a really important thing with anybody's profession yeah because and I mean especially with counseling but even you kev there's only so much about producing the show that you can control I mean, mm-hmm. you can't control if, if i choose to tap my fingers no. on, you know no there's so much of that you have to let yeah. it go yeah but yeah. it's hard it is really 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 hard and the principles are still even though janice is much more serious work but the principles are the same how i was saying maybe if you switch the words around if you said this differently it could have had right. a different impact but absolutely the point is even if you had done it that way it probably wouldn't make a difference anyone would notice anyway same with me like if i would have turned this one down or done this at that point like mm-hmm. the end result it's it's going to be pretty much the same anyway yeah you're just obsessing over something that's not that that i'm not that powerful <laughs> Well, and, good. and one of the one of the benefits of letting go of that and realizing that you are perfectly imperfect is that if 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 I if I had c- continued to carry that, it would have been terrible because I would I would not set any limits for myself. I would answer my phone in mm-hmm. the middle of the mm-hmm. night. I would mm-hmm. answer it on weekends. I would do all of mm-hmm. that rather than there would be no line of division. Do, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's hard for us yep. because we. You know, we, I need my time off and you do too. And Mm -hmm. you've got children at home that Mm -hmm. you, 
you know, that you've got, you know, things to do with them. And right. I want to be with my children and my grandchildren and our friends and everything. So it's, it's not a favor that we do to ourselves if we feel like we need to be perfectly imperfect in any area. Yeah. You know? But I don't, I don't feel that way with my job. I don't, uh, and when I listen to the remedy, I never think, oh, I, I could have said that differently or I could have done that better or I, I just don't even think about well, it. Well, I don't, I don't either. And I think it, it I think it's a, a huge part to the work that I did with you, Janice. And, and I also think that for me, working at the church allowed me to absolve some of that because sure. mm. I was mm-hmm. under such a critical, I mean, for, yeah. I mean, it, that's a critical, you wouldn't think, but you, you know, when you work at a church, the congregation if you're a pastor, the congregation feels like they own you. Yeah. And you work for them because they pay your salary. And you should be a perfect Christian oh, minister. Absolutely. Which means that you don't have And you should give the perfect sermon and you should wear the perfect outfit and you should you should save their children's lives and their grandchildren's lives and yeah. I mean, I remember and I think I've told this story, <clears throat> but it's it was such a game changer for me. I, I walked into when I worked at the church. I walked into Mark Craig's office, and who was the head pastor yeah, at the yeah. time. And I was like, "Mark, I quit." And he was like, "What?" And I said, "I'm resigning. I cannot. I cannot do this anymore." And he said, "Why? Why? Why are you? Yeah, I'm. I resignation not accepted. Like, uh-huh, where, uh-huh. why?" And I said. I, I, it's too stressful. I was like, you know, I, I'll give a sermon or I'll teach something. And the next day I've got an, a huge inbox full of, you saved my life, you ruined my life. That's yeah. the best message I ever heard. That's the worst message I ever heard. I love your outfit. I hate your outfit. What, what, how could you dress like that if you're a pastor? How could you look like that if you're a pastor? Oh my God, you're the most beautiful person ever. I mean, it was this, it, it was a mind F for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. And and I was so, I was as good or as bad as the last email that I yeah. read. Yeah. And it really messed with me. And I, so I just, I just told him I can't do it anymore. And he was like, who cares? Yeah. He really said to me, who cares? And I was like, I care. And he said, why? And I said, well, I don't want them to not love our church. I don't want them to leave. And he was like, Why? There's six mega churches within six miles. Yeah. If they don't like what you're doing, guess what? They can go somewhere else. That was so great that he said oh! that to you. I mean, that absolved me and my soul from the outcome. Like, I get in there, I do my best, and whatever the outcome is or the result is, let go. I, I just I learned to let it go, and and that was a that was a game changing life-changing conversation for me. Yeah, and, you know, I think that for you, uh, I mean, I felt a little bit of that when I got a divorce, you know. I mean, sure. that I was divorced and I was a therapist, that I should have been, sure, had the perfect marriage. But I can only imagine that that, when you decided to get out of your marriage, that was a huge thing for you to do as oh, a yeah. minister. I felt like I owed the community a... a <laughs> a reason, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anybody, anything, no, no, but it's, it is a very freeing thing to let go of the result. In fact, the only time, the only time that I have counseled somebody uh, is a couple that I'm cur- currently working with and I really love them and I'm going to do their marriage soon. And I, we had a counseling session that was tough. I mean, mm-hmm. it was premarital, and it was tough. And you know counseling. Like, sometimes people come in, and they don't like what you say. Mm, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it isn't, you're not doing it for a popularity contest. You're doing it because you want their lives to be better and mm-hmm. healthier. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes means that, that the the outlook or the perspective that you give them is not exactly what they want to hear. Yeah. And I could tell it was very upsetting to, to them. And, and I, it's the only time I've ever called after Oh, yeah. the next day and was like, are you okay? 
you know, uh-huh. because I did worry that it was the only time I've worried, God, did that, did that just go too far or uh-huh. stretch too far or, um, but I have to say, I wasn't really worried about, I wasn't really worried about what they thought of me. I was worried about them uh-huh. more uh-huh. than I was worried about what they thought of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is hard. Well, it's hard because we, I mean, we want it to all turn out okay, and mm-hmm. we want them to get their money's worth. And sure, and but we are not all powerful with that, and we have mm-hmm. to let go of the results. And I think that's one of the most important aspects of mm-hmm. giving ourselves permission to be perfectly imperfect in so many ways. I mean, I look back on when, you know, before I did all of my family of origin work, and I was married and. I was miserable in my marriage, and I was crazy acting and the effects that it's had on my kids. And, I mean, I've sat at the table with my children, and they've been like, yeah, Mom, remember, you wouldn't let us leave the house without one of those big bows in our hair. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, or this, <laughs> we couldn't walk cross the street. You were so worried about us. And I'm like... Yeah, that wasn't good either. I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, I mean, there are so many things. I could just make a laundry list of things that I did. I mean, I yelled at my kids. I spanked them for a while before I stopped doing that. And I mean, there were a lot of things that I did that I think are not okay to do. And, you know, but I, at the time, I did the best I could possibly do, even if it wasn't worth a flip, you know, but it's being able to allow ourselves to have that imperfection, because honestly and truly, that's when most of our learning and growth happens. Sure. You know, did you raise your, were you raising your children when you were acting out and, you know, acting the way that, that you would never, or you regret or you wish you didn't? or you would have changed or done differently now. Were you acting like your mom? Yes. Okay. Exactly. So you were modeling that. My mother and dad, we were spanked, and my mom yelled, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we got, I mean, they were, they, I mean, they spanked us. They didn't, they didn't ever slap us across the face, but, I mean, might as well have been, Mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, yeah, I was raising my kids the way my mother had. And when you were in the middle of doing that, did you think that this isn't right? No. That's, I see, didn't that's think it wasn't right. I always felt terrible after I did it, mm-hmm. but I didn't, but I thought it was what I was supposed to do. Well, because that's what was done to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was talked about spare the rod, spare the rod, uh-huh. spoil the child. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting in that church and hearing the minister talk about that. You know, and so, you know, so it was all, it was all pretty horrific from my perspective, but at the time I didn't think that. So, and I think that that's a really important thing for everybody to understand that as you look back, there's a real gift in getting to be my age because I can look back and I can see a lot, we could have a lot of episodes on Janice not being what I want to be or not what in a lot of ways not really what I am now Mm -hmm. you know but uh but it's but we have to let ourselves off the hook we've got to learn the lesson and throw away the experience Mm -hmm. and just not repeat it Mm -hmm. and luckily and and thankfully my children do not raise their children the way that I raised them they don't spank they don't yell you know, so they so they changed. Well, I bet a huge part of that and their ability to to not do those things is has a huge. I mean, I think a huge reason for that is because you got to the other side of some a lot of those behaviors, and then you told them you wish you didn't do that. You asked for for um, an apology for some of those behaviors and that you wish that you did it different. And so that probably woke them up to, okay, she did that. That didn't feel good to me. It also didn't feel good to her. I don't want to repeat the behavior. I think so too. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's, I'm glad that you said that because I think that if people are in the midst of, I think child raising and is a, is a huge place where people 
recreate their family of origin and then they regret it and all of that. So I think that by owning it and confessing it Mm -hmm. to them, to the children is huge because then that it, it it empowers them to get beyond it and Mm -hmm. not have a, this huge resentment and not duplicate the behavior, Mm -hmm. which is really what we want to do. Well, what you taught your children is they have a choice. Yeah. You know, and I, my parents did not give me that knowledge, but there was something inside of me that was happening when my parents were raising me crazy, whether it was religious abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse. I, I was taking inventory as a child and I was thinking all the while, I'm not, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Well, that's I'm, amazing, and that's so I'm good. Never going to do that, and and you know, the going back and doing my family of origin work, which I think yeah. is an incredibly powerful exercise, because I knew I knew that I didn't want to repeat the behaviors, but I, what I didn't know is what effect their behavior had had on and the impact, the negative impact that my parents' behavior had had on me, right? And and how difficult and hard those things can play out as a parent as a as a uh someone in a relationship i mean all your stuff comes out in yeah. in in life you know when, yeah. one way or the other yeah they do <clears throat> yeah it does and i think that uh i think another area that is really difficult a lot of times for women is body image oh yeah be, wanting to have that perfect body and have sure. that perfect look and the perfect hair and the perfect makeup and mm-hmm. and you know everybody's Dallas is a very uh, pretty mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. or city and that there are a lot of really beautiful women and mm-hmm. we've got tons of great fashion and all of that and mm-hmm. and I think that's wonderful I don't think that's bad but I think it's it we if we compare we are going to come up short Every and that time. can put you on a real road of excessive filler and all of that all of that stuff that is so easily accessible and it can get out of control and and it a lot of people for a lot of people it just isn't enough it's never enough i was about to say it's a because race that never ends because first of all it wears off yeah you know and then mm-hmm. and secondly there's just not i mean when you are when you get to be my age and you're you know i'll be 70 in september and there's, you know, there are things that have happened to my body that there's nothing I could do about it. Yes. They would have to do a, a total lift from toe <laughs> to head, front, back, side, and appendages. <laughs> yes, you know, because over time it just, it's, it's our skin, it's our, it's our it's, fat cells, it's our fat distribution, it's our metabolism. I mean, it's every, it's our cell. It's our cells. They yeah. stop duplicating where our mitochondria goes away. I mean, well, it just and, is what it is. Well, and I think that the, that the, the good news about it for a lot of people my age and my friend group is, I mean, they do, a, a, you know, Botox. I mean, we all have done Botox and I do Botox and, um, and they, you know, but there's, but we are all more focused on health yeah. than we are on being too gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, and you are so beautiful. I mean, I mean, Thanks, and if, if, if I look half as good at you as you at 70, I will just be ecstatic. But I mean, it, it is, there comes a time. It's like not a resignation to like, oh, I'm just going to get old now and, you know, let yeah. it all go. But there is like, as there's a time that you look at yourself in the mirror and you see the wrinkles and you're like, well, here it comes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's and it's acceptance. Yes. It's an acceptance of yeah. I am aging and everybody is aging too. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's <Thank> <laughs> coming with me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so Janice, when when in your life, if you don't mind sharing, when in your life do you feel I don't know what word you would use, um the most uh, regret or have the most clarity or feel it the most when, when you are imperfect in what area of your life do you feel that? Oh, 
that pain, like this kind of punch in the stomach. Yes, like, God, I wish I didn't do that. Like, when when you are imperfect in this area, it's something that you really don't love about yourself, if you don't mind, Jerry. No, I, I, that's an interesting question. Because I, because of the nature of my relationships right now with my friends, with uh, Tom, I don't really feel that anymore. I don't, you know, Tom and I don't argue. We don't, he doesn't get angry. I mean, I'm sure he gets annoyed with me sometimes and I get a little annoyed with him sometimes, but we just don't have any volatility in the relationship. My kids, I have, thank goodness, because of me learning what's inside my hula hoop and what's not inside my hula hoop, I really stay out of my daughter's business. Mm-hmm. I, I rarely give them input without asking for permission. And I, um, you know, because it is their life and I have been able to, and some people might hear that and think, well, that's terrible that you're just not even getting in their business or anything. But I've just learned that they don't like me if I'm in their business. And if they want something from me, they can ask for it. Right. You know, and... and I think that's healthy. Yeah. And, and I'm sure it's something they really appreciate. Well, I because I don't know what's right for them. I don't... I barely mm-hmm. know what's right for me. Sure. You know, and so I don't... I don't want to be in that position to where I give them some sort of advice and it ends up biting them in the booty. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that is... I think the thing that I struggle with the most with uh, with being imperfect is at this stage of my life is my faith. At times, if I feel fear or if I feel um, like like when you know when Blair was going through her divorce I felt really 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 sad several times well quite a bit of the time that I really tried to keep that to myself and um and so that's where I sometimes I'm too hard on myself about having the expectation that I'm not going to have that human sort of feelings that are beyond the 40 to 60 mark, you know, to where I feel like there were a couple of times that I have, you know, felt like, oh, I don't even want to get out of bed. I felt so sad about something. And that 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 is where I feel like that's a slip in my faith. Mm. And so that's where I am probably the hardest on myself. And I think that might come a little more with age because you you don't have the day-to-day of your children. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, but yet you're watching them live their lives and you're mm-hmm. praying for them and you want them to have a great experience and then sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And so that is, that's probably the most, the area in which I have the most difficulty. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What about you? What's your, um, you may just be perfect. No, <laughs> promise that's not the case (laughs) let's call up my children and ask them what they would say um i i think i'm getting a lot better with my kids and and the Uh thing that helps with that is age like you Mm -hmm. said you know my twins are 18 and you know i was supposed to take anna print on college visits for spring break and last night she came into my bathroom and we were just chatting it up and She's like, mommy, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, okay. And she got invited to go to Miami uh-huh, with fun. friends for spring break. Uh-huh. And she was like, but I know you've been really looking forward to this and we've been talking about it. And, and she was like, and I'm just, I'm scared <laughs> to tell you. And she was like, cause I don't want to hurt your feelings. Wait, what happened? You already had plans for well, sp- Bring break. Her or? and I were gonna. I was gonna take her on all the college visits, so oh, all the colleges gotcha. she's gotten into. She has no clue where she wants to go, but she's she's gotten some great scholarships yeah. and great offers, and I mean, clueless, like clueless. And she needs to go on mm-hmm. college visits. Uh-huh, she yeah. needs to check the town. <laughs> yes, yeah, I that's mean, important. she really needs. I mean, she, she's thinking about all these places that she's never been and they're all over the United States. And I, so I was just going to take Is Miami. One of them. <laughs> well, she really, that's 
one of the Please only two places birds, that she has visited. She oh, really, okay. Miami, so. Miami University or University of Miami's on her list. So anyway, I said, "Baby, it's this is your life." Yeah, you know. And I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna miss you, and and I really wish that that we could spend the time together." And I, um, I said, "And I really think that you need." to do college visits because <laughs> you're going to college next year. And I said, but baby, this is your life and I'm not in control. Yeah. And she was like, Oh my God, I love you. And, and that's an evolved, that is an evolved, uh, Tova. That uh-huh. is an evolved mom move. Uh huh. To where you didn't get your feelings hurt. I didn't get my feelings hurt. Or didn't think, oh, I haven't done the right thing, but yep. here it is. And she's getting some offers and we hadn't even been to the town. Yep. I'm not yep. feeling inadequate. I'm yep. not feeling slighted. Good. And I'm not feeling in control. Because if Anna Perrin doesn't get, doesn't have time to go to some of these colleges before she has to make a decision, this is her path. It's not my path anymore. Right. Right. And so I think I've evolved a lot as a mom, but I think age, like you said, uh-huh. has a lot to do with it. I mean, when you're still, when you're still having to like help them brush their teeth. Ugh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Um, I think that the area, um, I, I loved what you said about faith. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's probably mine too. Oh yeah. And, um, Yeah. I really do. Like when, uh, when I get fearful about anything, uh-huh. um, whether it's uh, my future or what is it going to look like when when the twins are gone, it's just me and George, or when George goes away, and yeah. you know what am I? Should I sell my house? Like, yeah. you know, what will life look like when he's gone? Like, mm-hmm. and and I don't. That's just borrowing worry, and mm-hmm. that is that nothing, nothing. Nothing productive comes from that. Mm-hmm. And so I, and you know, all I have to do is today. That's the yeah. only thing I have to do yeah. is today. Yeah. And uh, I think the hardest part for me in my whole life of feeling imperfect and worrying so much about my children and the impact of my decisions on was when I was getting divorced. Yeah. Yeah. I felt very responsible for what this would do to them. I felt, I felt really imperfect. Mm -hmm. Like I was supposed to be perfect and I was supposed to give them the perfect upbringing and we were supposed to have the perfect marriage. And I really felt, felt like a failure. So how, so, so what do you do with that now? Well, I can tell you what I did do right after, and, and I wish that I didn't, uh-huh. is I overcompensated uh-huh. with gifts and spoiling them and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they wanted and all their friends could be over all the time. I had, a, I had so much fear about what this would do to them that I, w- I enabled them mm-hmm. and for a while. And I wish I did not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I didn't need to do that right. because they were going to be fine. Do you see any uh, anything in their lives right now that you feel like, oh, that was a result of... The enabling? Of me not... of getting my divorce. Do you see any residual effect on them now? I don't. Yeah. And I can't believe that I'm saying that, but I really don't. Yeah. I do not... I feel like their life is better mm-hmm. that their home life is better as a result of Topher and I getting a divorce mm-hmm. because the toxic, the toxicity of our marriage was not a blessing to them. Right. And yet I just had such a need to, to provide perfection for them as a parent. And, yeah. and for me getting divorced was a, was me being perfectly imperfect. Yes. And that felt like a huge failure. But no, I don't. And I've totally let go of all of of that. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it took a lot of work and yeah. it took a lot of you and counseling and, and realizing that... And, you know, it's so funny. We, as parents, and I'd be interested to get your perspective and Kev, too, if you want to pipe in. Sure. As parents... W- I think we put so much pressure on ourselves 
about and and whether our children are rock stars or total not rock stars the are the, their outcome is tied to us right and their outcome is not tied to us no it is not it's not, there is no we there's no we took the sat there's no we are going to miami there's no we are going we got accepted into five schools it's their we don't play baseball george and carter plays play yeah. baseball <laughs> yeah no i remember saying to people they would sit on my couch and say we made such and such on the sat and i was like oh did you take it <laughs> they're like no that's weird no, i've never heard somebody child. refer to it well, oh. Were, oh there are so many people so much that entanglement we really? won the state mm-hmm. champion championship yeah. or yeah. whatever yeah. the we we is. made cheerleader <laughs> You're putting on that skirt? <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is keeping that separateness is one way that you can really do yourself a favor because and you're... And do ch- them a favor. And, well, for sure you do them a favor. Yes. Because their their behavior is a representation of them. And, yes, have we affected it? Absolutely sure. we have. And but and we've affected it in a perfectly imperfect way. That's exactly right. That's and why you and I both have therapy funds for all of our children. All of our children. <laughs> and we, I love the saying, my children have a God and it is not me. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do get to let go of some of that. It's difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. But... But there, it is such a healthier and more productive environment and such a, a, a pressure. It's such a pressure cooker when there's a we. There's no oh, we. Yeah. You're not trying out for anything. No. You're, you're not trying out for class president. You're not, there is no we. And so taking that pressure off yourself as a parent and giving them the freedom and the power of their own life is is a beautiful thing and such a confidence builder for them. Yes, it is. And and we can be so excited for them to mm-hmm. have achieved that. And then at the same time, if we don't own that ourselves, then the next time if they don't make it or they don't get elected for that office or whatever, then they we don't have to take that on either. That's we can let right. them have both of it. So then mm-hmm. and that and that's what that's what makes people well rounded is the mm-hmm. idea of you know, sometimes you do great and sometimes you don't do great. And sometimes the not so great is where we really, really, really grow and we really learn a whole lot of lessons and experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Janice, I'm sure the body image thing that you brought up yeah. really resonated um, with you know, my mom did not put pressure on me for how, like, what my how much I weighed or what my body looked like, but she put so much pressure on herself. Uh-huh. You know, she was bulimic my entire life, and did you hear her throwing up all and the stuff? time? Uh. All the time, and I didn't even know. I for a long time I told you this. I thought I thought she was sick. Uh-huh. I was scared. I bet. I you know every night after dinner she would go to my bathroom, and she would throw up, and That's I was. Weird. It was awful. Why your bathroom? So the, it wasn't. So nobody would see so it. So wasn't. Oh, okay. Her bathroom, and so I would hear it, and but I would go tell my dad, like, "Mom's throwing up. Mom's sick." I was really scared that mom was always so sick, but I didn't understand that mm-hmm. it was bulimic. Anyway, and she would like she would make a full course dinner for us, and then she would have a bowl of grape nuts, and I remember thinking, "Why is she eating grape nuts?" You know, like was she skinny? Very skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so she, I saw her struggle with her and, and I know that that had for sure had an effect on me. It had a deep effect on my two sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, and, and so I, but I, I mean, I, I don't think it's just parents. I think it's society. I think with this generation, it's Instagram, it's Snapchat, it's all the social media yeah. that j- just, you know, puts, throws all of that in, in people's faces. That's really, really difficult. Your mom, I know, put a lot of pressure on you for looking perfect and being quaffed and uh-huh. being mm-hmm. poised. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had to go to charm school. Yeah. When I was like in seventh grade, <laughs> I had to walk down a thing with a book on my head. 
<laughs> well, that worked. <laughs> I, re- I actually remember one time when I was walking down that they had a little, kind of like a little runway, and they put a book on her head so we could walk down it poised. And I remember walking down it. This is, and I tooted. <laughs> <laughs> That is not what I thought you were going to say. Me either. (laughs) And it was really loud. Oh, my god! And my charm school teacher was just mortified. (laughs) Take that. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be better if it was on purpose. Uh, I know. (laughs) I never learned how to do that on purpose. Gosh, that is so funny. It was terrible. I mean, it was so. It was pretty hilarious. That is damn funny. So, how did you overcome that? Because I know that that's not something that you you struggle with today. Right. I um, well, I mean, I struggled with uh, an eating disorder, a, a borderline eating disorder after Bren was born. And I had... Was it bulimic or anorexia? Anorexia. Mm-hmm. And I um, I got some... This doctor gave me some diet pills and to get rid of my baby weight. And, um, and I would like... And after a while, I would wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I need my vitamin. <laughs> Take one of those diet pills. Because, I mean, they were basically amphetamines. And, uh, wow. and so I had so much energy, but I got really skinny. I got, I, well, I've talked about that before the red bathing suit. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, yeah it's a good picture. I'll show you. <laughs> but I got down to about 97 pounds and right now I weigh 112. So that's a lot of weight Jeez. off of me, but and I was you're skinny skin and bones right now. Well, I'm not skin and bones, but I'm not big. And no. so it was, it was not good. Mm. You know, I mean, I, um, too skinny. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt and I were married at the time, and he was great about it because he was like, "You got to stop. This is just, this is ridiculous." I was really skinny. How irresponsible of that doctor! I know, I know. Good lord! Oh, in college we used to get him. We would go. We we called it Doctor Fat, and we'd go in there, and he would weigh us with our handbag, our coats on, and our handbags on our shoulders, and he would say. Do you know why you're fat? And we'd, I'd say, no, why? And he'd go, because you eat too much. And then he opened a cabinet, and he had all of his pills in this cabinet, and he would just hand us a bottle of, it's really of disturbing. diet pills. So it's very disturbing, but disturbing. it was great when we were studying for exams because mm-hmm. we'd stay up all yeah. night. But Is that like the ADHD medicine, the the, like the speed? Similar, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. They're all amphetamines. Yeah. Like it's like Adderall? Well, it, it probably wasn't Adderall, but uh, that kind of. But effect. it was. It was. Uh-huh, it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like an amphetamine. I don't know what it was. It, I mean, I don't know. It's a, Adderall or amphetamines? I know, but black mollies or something like. I don't know. Probably what just it was. more like speed. It was some sort of speed. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I know a lot of people struggle with that, and they want to do it to stay skinny. Sure. It's honestly, it's technically, it's like the same thing as meth. It used to be legal in pill form. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. I mean, it's it's the pharmacies in Mexico are swimming with them. I mean, yeah. and there's lines out the door of all these young people who are get, who are getting. I mean, they just load up. Really, when I'm in Mexico, all I see are uh, are posters for uh, Viagra. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that too. and antibiotics. How about about Pepto Bismol tablets <laughs> in Mexico? <laughs> you got crazy. I was crazy. <laughs> Okay, so how how have you, as an adult, how did you overcome those voices in your head that were your mother's that said you had to be perfect? Well, and your I, body had to be perfect. Uh, I I don't know. I think I just got tired of it. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it was too hard to. And what what people will experience is once they get to a certain age, you can work out a ton. But and you cannot eat much, but your body is going to look a little bit different yeah. because of the elasticity. Of course, you know. And so it, it was just. It, I I think I realized probably. Uh, I don't know. Fifteen years ago, that I just—it was a battle I couldn't win, mm-hmm. you know. And I just thought, you know, I look fine in clothes, and I'm not prancing around in a thong bathing suit, you know. So it doesn't really matter no you know but it's hard because this is this society is very much that way oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean every i I don't i don't 
I don't know of a woman who hasn't looked in the mirror and beat herself up mm-hmm. for being imperfect, mm-hmm. whether it's the size of your ass, the size of your thighs, the size of your cankles, the size, you know, the the extra neck, the yeah. thin hair, the yeah, just beady the, eyes, yeah, the wrinkles, big arms, or, or saggy arms. Yeah, plenty of guys do that too. Do you do that? Sure. I'm not maybe not to the same extent, but yeah, mm-hmm. physically, yeah, for sure. What do you not like about yourself? What do you feel like is imperfect? Oh God, I'm physically? not comfortable enough to go into that, but. <laughs> It's usually something stupid, like I think I have love handles or my arms are too skinny. It's stupid, you know. It sounds, being a guy, that sounds dumb. No, but you go to a gym and you see everybody that's, you know, pumping iron like crazy because they want to get ripped up and yeah. their arms sure gigantic and they're doing, you know, a lot of times they're doing something that's pumping up those muscles. Sure. I think guys care Mm-hmm. So much about mm-hmm. how they look. Yeah, way more than yeah. Yeah, m- way more than what we would on. think. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's more that's what I'm on. saying. Because yeah. it seems uh, like a feminine trait to care so much about how you look, and yet every guy that I've ever known or been close to has has some insecurities and yeah. and some like, uh, you know. Just insecurity. I think overall about- guys are still more comfortable with being naked, though. Than women? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, w- women, I don't. I have never liked being in a gym where women were walking around naked. I was one of the ones walking around naked. You were? Yeah, I could care less about being naked. It never bothered me at the gym, <laughs> but I used to like to sit in the sauna after I worked out, and a lot of dudes would come in there just totally naked. And like, that bothered me. Like, we're like this yeah. close to each other. Yeah, you know they what should I mean? put I'm a like, towel around That's them. all I would do is just put a yeah. towel over me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember in college, my, so what, I think it's how you're raised. So I was, I, this is just my opinion. I don't have any. I would not think that Mormon girl would walk around naked. I totally walked around naked. <laughs> and. <laughs> like in the gym or what, what do you mean? Not in the gym. At, like, but like, like when I went at to. At home B- you didn't worry about I it. I remember or, when I went to BYU. That, okay. So there was a dorm mm-hmm. and we, two people lived in the dorm and the bathroom was down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. And. And, you know, the showers were down the hall. Now, I wouldn't walk from the shower to my room naked. Right. But, like, sometimes if I forgot something, like, I'd scurry down in my underwear. or Like, I didn't, I, I didn't have any hang-ups. And I would be naked in my room. And my roommate would be like, she never was naked. And she was so freaked out that I didn't mind being naked in front of her. <laughs> I'm like... We're all girl. Like there, I don't have anything you don't have. Like I, I wouldn't. It's not like I want to go skinny dipping with you guys, right? <laughs> but <laughs> she's a nudist. But I do not have any reservations about being naked. I don't. I don't really in front either. Of anybody. I really I, don't have a lot of naked. Like I, I don't mind walking around the gym or be like from the shower to the locker, like being naked. That doesn't bother me. I don't feel uncomfortable. Whatever. Now, what I'm talking about in the steam room, sitting right next to each other, like with <laughs> a guy for an extended period of time, that feels weird. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is weird. It's, it's like, come on, we're a little more evolved than that. I like. To think. Yeah, and I mean, where do you look? Exactly. You know, <laughs> I mean, you look. It's, it up, just makes it weird. You look at I'd, your toes. I look. You it couldn't just help but weird, just man. look over there. <laughs> I'd have to look over. You guys would have to look over. Curiosity would kill you. No, I mean, but it's, it's just uncomfortable. Like, I would have no problem being, like, naked on a nude beach. I could do it. Yeah, you could do it. Would you do it? Uh-huh. I, I would. I wouldn't get full naked. Most but people I'd on go, nude beaches don't look like us either. They're topless. usually... <laughs> I've, been, I've been on a beach. I was topless on a beach. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. I'd do it. Mm-hmm. I, would, I mean, I would. I would. Not, now, if I was there with, like, 20 people... Oh and yeah, they were yeah, yeah. all people I people knew, I know. Then no, then yeah, I'm no, like spring suit. break, yeah, <laughs> yeah then no. in Mexico, <laughs> no. in the all inclusive. But everyone I've ever seen nude There's on a nude Tova. beach. There's Here she comes again. No, Tamlin Tova. There's <laughs> twins' mother. <laughs> totally no, no. I'm Every time I've seen nude people on the beach, they weren't oh, necessarily people I, I wanted think to that's see what's nude. So comical. <laughs> I, when I've I've been to Black Beach in San Diego, I've been to Barcelona, and I've been to Australia nude beaches. And Never there seen wasn't anybody hot? One, no. 
There was not one person that I wanted to see naked that was naked. I'm like, this is so uneventful. Yeah. 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 That well, was a tangent. So, so that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good. We got Kevin, into. Kevin woke up. Yeah, <laughs> I like stuff like that. <laughs> I like provocative material. You and Howard Stern. Here it comes. Here, it Here comes. we go. It's when I we, light up. We have taken a left, a hard left. Kevin loves our left turn. I do. Oh. That's funny. So what are you, what, what do you struggle with the most in your relationship with Elise as far as you being imperfect? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. Might have to pass on this one. I was too focused on the naked thing. And before that, I I was focused on the lights and taking pictures. And so I got a little out of the loop. I'll have to think about that one. Never mind. We can. I hope I wasn't distracting you all, by the way. I'm messing with all that stuff. No, no, no. Trying to get some pictures for our social media. Not at all. No, I, I, I think that in, if our, if we have imperfections, I think they show up easy in our relationships, and in our parenting. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Oh, I guess, all right, sorry, no, I, I thought of something. I guess okay. the way that I manage uh, stress and whatnot would be my biggest imperfection. I wish oh. I didn't do that, you know what I mean? I wish I didn't like to retreat like and isolate. You, oh, yeah. And I feel bad for that later, you know? But it's just like my uh, do you announce, instinct. Do you announce that you're retreating? No. Would, no, the, would that be helpful? If you're like, God, oh, this shitty day, I'm going to go take a minute and hang out. No. It I just say ha- that I have to work, but then I'm obsessed with not ever lying about anything. So I actually just will do work, and that's my way to isolate. So it's it's almost productive. Uh, well, you know what you <laughs> might what you might do is tell Elise that is say you know I'm I'm feeling really stressed, so I'm going to go in and work a little bit. And if you put words to that, it might be it would probably de stress you probably because then she knows that you're not just avoiding her, and then you're owning. Your imperfection, which gives us, once we own our imperfection, it gives us permission to be imperfect, and it really does release a whole lot of that heavy burden of the illusion of perfection, because it never is. I mean, it just, I've, I've learned to talk about my like if i'm in a bad mood i've learned i've learned to put words to that Mm -hmm. instead of just because i i can isolate too i mean i can just leave you know go to sally rights but i've learned to put words to it like i'm really stressed or i'm really tired i'm gonna just go upstairs and sit on my bed and watch a stupid show Mm -hmm. you know and tom's always like okay and you just kind of work get it out that way yeah yeah it helps me a lot. But then she knows something's wrong, and that's what I don't like. I don't well, like women in my life to worry about me, whether it's my mom or my sister. Or well, wife. but if you tell her I'm just stressed, then she can learn a boundary and not have to feel like she's got to fix it or take it on. And then it gives her, then she knows it's not about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might make her feel Maybe. better. Might make you feel closer. Maybe. You know, that's called intimacy. Mm-hmm. Into me, you see, and then you might have. Good sex afterwards. <laughs> After you isolate. I'm sure. After you yeah. isolate and take your clothes off. <laughs> All good things. A common side effect of isolation. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I saw this thing today. It was really funny. It said, um, a guy's idea of the perfect family is... His son is on the cover of Wheaties. His mistress is on the cover of Playboy. And his wife's picture is on a milk carton. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Isn't that hilarious? That's pretty clever. We could use that in our practices. (laughs) We could. (laughs) For a good giggle. Uh I thought that was really funny. I know some people that that's pretty applicable to. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Well. Where do we go from here? I don't know. How do we, how do we, how do we give people permission to be imperfect when so many people have such a difficult time and beat themselves up and can't let it go. And you can struggle with that, Kev. I've seen that in you. Like you have a hard time letting mm. stuff go if you feel like you've Definitely. upset somebody. And so how do we give what is the remedy? How do we give people permission? Is there anything? Well, that you need to learn to do it for yourself. You? Like I'm I'm good at giving other people permission to be imperfect. Yeah. Not giving You're myself excellent at is, that. 
But that's that's the hard part. How do you give yourself? Well, that's what I'm asking. here's yeah. what I think you do. I think, first of all, you recognize that you're doing it. And what you're going to feel is guilt or shame, mm-hmm. typically. I'm not enough. Oh, I'm such a mess up. I am, you know, I feel guilty. I screwed up or whatever that is. And so you identify the feeling. You identify that you're doing it. And then you say, and this is Pia Melody is the one that taught me this. She said to say to yourself, I am perfectly imperfect by divine design. Mm. So that we start to think that our higher power created us perfectly imperfect so that we would need a higher power in the first place and other people. So it's It's recognizing it and then claiming it. I'm perfectly imperfect by divine design. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you know, so then you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's There's not my me business. There's me being imperfect again. Yeah, mm-hmm. there I am, mm-hmm. being perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's a great thing. And, you know, if you, I put, I used to put sticky notes on my daughter's mirrors when they were in junior high and high school of sayings. And, and I think that, that would not be a bad one for parents to do with their children because I think boys struggle with it with sports mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. maybe academics and maybe girlfriends mm-hmm. and girls will struggle with appearances and all of that stuff. So, you know, write a sticky note on it and put it on their mirror and give them permission to be perfectly imperfect. Yeah. Because it really, really releases so much. Yes. And it's something that if children could learn if if we could have learned that i the expectation in my home whether it was religion or behavior Mm -hmm. or attitude i I couldn't have a bad day i wasn't allowed to be in a bad mood i wasn't allowed to be pissed off i wasn't allowed to not believe in jesus i wasn't allowed to to have a boy touch my boob i was not allowed (laughs) i was not allowed to turn left I wasn't. I, I, I didn't do a lot of left turns. Well, I don't either. think a bunch of women or parents are going to say, "Okay, now it's okay. Get out there and have somebody touch your boobies." Yeah, that's <laughs> you true know? too, probably. But it was that. It no, was but like you, you hard just line felt, yeah. of like, no, I know. You step out at one itsy bitsy bit. Yeah, you are a total piece of shit loser. Uh huh. Could possibly burn in hell. Oh, you will for most sure likely burn yeah. in hell. Yeah, and and so. <clears throat> I think that that when we give our children that permission to be like can't be perfect every day. Yeah. Just can't be perfect every day. No. And most days you're not going to be perfect in one way or another. No. Yeah. It would be a great gift Mm -hmm. to if I could. I wish I could have implemented that more effectively with my children. Yeah. But I can with those grandchildren. Yes. Yes, and you, I, I still think that your impact on your girls is huge. I mean, yeah. just because they're grown, and I mean, I, I think about. I mean, my mom's gone, but if she was here, she, her influence and her advice and her that permission to be imperfect to me, even at fifty, uh-huh. would you would make, have loved it. I would have really appreciated it, yeah. and it would have really spoke to me and reminded me. Okay, because I don't think I don't care how old you get there are those moments and times where you're like god i oh, really i screwed up, up. i mm-hmm. should have done this i should have done that mm-hmm. i really don't do that anymore with mm-hmm. myself very I, rarely i very rarely do too but i also love giving other people permission no to kidding. think the same because man we live in a world that is so hard we're so hard on ourselves we're so hard on other people yeah and it's like back off like and and to your point kev i think that a lot of people have the ability i, I do think a lot of people are really judgmental about other people well, and that's don't true too. offer a yeah. lot of grace yeah. yeah but i do think there's also people who are who reside in your camp who have a lot of grace and not a lot of judgment for others but are can be horrifyingly mm-hmm. hard on themselves, which is debilitating. What well, takes definitely it robs you of joy, mm-hmm. and you know what I think it robs you of too, movement. Yeah, movement in another direction mm-hmm. because the, there's so much shame in this that you feel like this is what you deserve. Yeah, and I'm it. it probably prevents people from going out on a limb. Well, I'm going to just try this because who cares if I do it effectively or not, rather than having that standard of perfection. Yeah. 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 
if we could give ourselves permission to not be perfect, whether it's professionally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, physically, God, yes, all of it, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go be imperfect today and just go be perfectly imperfect. imperfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And thank you so much for listening. Kev, thanks. Thanks for listening. Chiming in. It's always my pleasure. A treat when you you (laughs) happy to do it. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Y'all have a great week.